The following message was recorded during the Friends of Israel 2010 National Prophecy Conference season. These meetings were held in Winona Lake, Indiana and Lancaster, Pennsylvania. For other audio resources from the Friends of Israel, visit us at foi.org. When I work at home, my, my desk is my dining room table. And my wife was sitting across from me as I'm, I'm working on this, and she said, I don't understand why you're doing a message on why Jewish people are liberal. It's a prophecy conference. You of all people should know that. And I said, I know it seems strange, but probably the number one question that I receive whenever I'm doing almost any kind of conference, it's probably the number, I don't know if it's number one, but it's, it's right up there. And so I thought it was, would be helpful for us to address it. Uh, and there's a number of things I want us to consider as we, as we address it. First, there was a USA article on Thursday, July 8th. I have it here. Headline, Liberal Mom, Conservative Son. And the conservative son is a man by the name of Michael Medved. He is a Jewish, Orthodox Jewish man, uh, and he is really kind of going to comment on his mother, Renata, who is deceased and has been deceased for 10 years. And she was a liberal. And in fact, Michael Medved talks about his uh, conversion, as it were, from liberal himself to conservative. But as we start this message, I want to use just what he had to say. He made a couple of, actually three points that I want us to consider before we do this. Because the tendency for us as believers, we have had, I believe, I know myself, my heart's been koshered. Your heart's been koshered. We take the Word of God very seriously. And by taking God's Word seriously, it automatically gives us a certain worldview. And the tendency is the worldview of a believer is going to be conservative politically. Not everybody, but before we start, we ought to be, remember the days before we were a believer. Unless we lord it over other people. I'm worried about our hearts being like the Pharisees in terms of the topic that I have to address and so I want his words of caution to, to at least start us off this morning. First of all, don't demonize public employees. Michael Medved's mom was a biochemist, brilliant woman, but she elected to go teach public school in the worst of neighborhoods and loved doing it. I believe that there are public servants. Now you might say there's too many of them. You can argue about the economy but I think it would be dangerous to put all those people who are involved in public service or public employees and lump them and call them names. And Michael Medved cautions us in that article to do that. Number two, embrace immigrants. I know my four grandparents came here at the turn of the 20th century. We can argue all about the legality and illegality and all that stuff, but remember that America has been a place that people from outside want to come, and it is a melting pot. And so I think we ought to be reminded, just as he encouraged us through that article, to embrace immigrants. And number three, family trumps political differences. If you want to laugh, uh, if I could take you with me to my home in Cleveland. Now, my father's deceased, my mother's still there. 
Uh, my sister's there. Uh, I'll talk about my family. I, I was raised in a liberal home. Not religiously. I was raised in an orthodox home. But, well, we'll talk about it. All I can say is there, that when there are political differences within a family, uh, just as if there might be religious differences, and there is in my family, family's still important. And it's biblical to honor your father and mother, and it's biblical to be a testimony regardless of how you view the world and they don't get it, okay? So I think that's a good caution for us. Uh, And it's also important as we begin that this is not a message for or against any political party. I realize in a room like this that there are probably people representing both parties and maybe a third or fourth party. I understand that. So this message is not addressed to a political party. The question is, why are most Jewish people liberal? And I want to stick to that. So it's not a message advocating that American Christians should be part of a particular party. It is given in response to the question that we get all the time, and hopefully I'll address it here this morning. What's the definition of a liberal? I went and looked it up for us. Uh, having political or social views favoring reform and progress, tolerant of change, not bound by authoritarianism, orthodoxy, or tradition. I got that right from the website. I just typed in the question and got the answer. And so that generally is the definition of what a liberal is. A conservative, on the other hand, is a political and social term from the Latin, means to save or preserve, As the name suggests, it usually indicates support for tradition and traditional values through the meaning, though the meaning has changed in different countries and time periods. I also got that from the web, directly from the web. Now, there are major issues in American liberalism, and I'm defining it specifically from an American point of view. Canadians, I'm I'm sorry about that. Uh, Large government. Liberals are generally in favor of large government. Most liberals are in favor of of abortion. They promote gay marriage. They support high taxes because they believe that the government should be the one to take care of its people. They are for less military and more dialogue. They view the constitutional statement, and this is important. There is a constitutional statement that says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. That's in our Constitution. And liberals take that and interpret it as this. There must be an absolute separation of church and state. Now, that's a particular view of interpretation of the Constitution. On the other hand, conservatives say this, we're for small government, we are pro-life, we are for marriage only between one woman and one man, we are for less taxes, we want freedom to choose where we help other people, we don't want government doing that for us. We are for a strong military, and when we come to the constitutional statement that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, we believe that protects individuals' right to personal religious freedom. That each individual has a right to worship when, how, if at all. And the government should not interfere. So there's a difference between liberalism 
as defined in American liberalism and conservatism. As we begin, I think there's an important verse for us to consider. There is a way which seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. That's an important verse, not just as it relates to conservatism and liberalism. That relates to us every day. There is a way which seems right to us. The question is, is it God's way? Is it what God wants us to do? And that's an important consideration. God's Word is the only source of total truth. Now, not everybody's going to agree with that. There's going to be political conservatives who won't agree with that statement. But if you're here and you know Jesus Christ, you ought to believe in that question. That, that's what this whole conference is about. We are taking the Word of God, and we are hopefully going to rightly divide it before you. And so, God's Word is the only source. It's possible for anyone, anyone, you know, the Apostle Paul preached, and the Bereans searched the Scripture to check him out. If they did that for the Apostle Paul, you ought to be doing it for everyone that comes to this platform. It's possible. We don't want to do it. We, we, we're going to try, but it's possible for anyone to misinterpret God's Word. Due to the fall, man is predisposed to disobey God. It's our inkling. It's our push. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. That's for believers. We're, we, we have this desire to look always beyond where we're supposed to be. And so those are important considerations as we, again, address this issue. Now, I'm going to use my home as an example. If my mother were here, she already knows this, so she wouldn't get mad at me. Uh, family members, this is just the way it is, and hopefully... Because of my Jewish background, it'll give you some insight. First of all, we had some negative family topics. One of them growing up was always the Goyim, the Gentiles. You know, there, there was us, the Jewish people, and then there were the Goyim. But especially the Goyim in the old country. Because they were the ones to drive us to America. So it was always a negative, very negative thing. The Cossacks. You might remember Fiddler on the Roof. And if you remember that play or movie, you know that the Cossacks were the ones that would come in on horseback and just do a lot of awful kinds of things. Negative topic in my house. The Holocaust and Adolf Hitler. Always a negative topic. We wouldn't even say the name Adolf Hitler. Anti-Semitism was such that in my family... Uh, I know several of you might be driving a Ford. I even have a Ford rental. My parents would have never bought a Ford, ever. And the reason is because the owner of Ford at the time, when he had the Dearborn Press, published anti-Semitic literature all the time. It's a negative topic. It's a horrible topic. Six million Jewish people dying. Christians in Jesus Christ. We didn't even say the name Jesus Christ. We didn't speak his name. We would say that person, or you know, on and on. We were offended, frightened, whatever word you want, it was a negative topic in our home. Intermarrying. Shiksas and shagets, Yiddish. Shiksa is a Jewish, as a Gentile woman. A shagets is a Gentile man. So, 
Oh, negative talk. Oh, did you hear about Maury? He married a Shiksa. Bad news. Very bad news. Now, what were some positive topics in our house? Well, anytime the grandparents came up, my parents honored their parents. It was a wonderful topic. I'm telling you, I grew up knowing that my grandparents were the best human beings that ever lived on the planet. Bar mitzvahs and weddings. Only if the wedding, it was a good topic if the wedding was Jewish and Jewish. It became a negative topic if it wasn't that way. Jews who become famous, anytime, sports figures, Hollywood figures, oh, that person's Jewish, automatically good. Little House on the Prairie, Uwe Horowitz, Michael Landon, Top Gun in our house. Jewish guy, that's great. Who else? Elizabeth Taylor, Jewish. Sammy Davis converted, up on the ladder. Anybody who's Jewish was a topic, a good topic in our house. Moses. Moses got top billing in our house all the time. Uh, Moses is a biggie. Moses is important. We remember what he did for us in the Torah. America, the golden Medina, the golden land, the golden country. My parents loved America. My father served in World War II. They knew this was a place that Jewish people could come to and be Jewish and not worry about it. Very positive topic in our house. Franklin. Delano Roosevelt, in our house, a big name. Oh, I know, I married into a family that I said, Franklin, Delano Roosevelt, and my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, said, don't say that name in our house. He's a biggie for Jewish people. The government, the government was a positive term in our house, very positive term, very supportive of America, very uh, uh, encouraging as far as uh, America for those who were disenfranchised and hurt. Very positive. My family's view on politics. The Republicans, they're for the rich. All the Republicans are for the rich. The Democrats are the party for the middle class. The Republicans could care less about us. The Democrats care for us. Now, you don't have to agree with these. I'm just telling you the reality. Republics are the party of exclusion. Oh, we know who the Republicans are. And so it had that authority attached to them. White, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant. Democrats are the party of inclusion. That's the party for the Jewish people. That's the party that welcomes us and wants us to be part of. My parents were declared independents, but they were practical Democrats. My father was... a always say, oh no, I, I'm not a, a beholding to anyone. Well, here's their voting record for you. The only one that they voted for who was a Democrat was after Jimmy Carter really did dirty most Jewish people, and I, they'd argue, at least my parents would, America. So they voted once for Ronald Reagan. Other than that, they are independent, but there's their voting record. And by the way, I've gone back all the way to 1920, in America, Jewish people, the majority of them have voted, including Jimmy Carter, by a narrow margin, always voted for a Democrat. And the first, the, all the way back to 1920, Harding got the majority of Jewish votes back in 1920. 78% of the Jewish people voted for Barack Obama. That is only exceeded by 95% of African Americans 
uh, who are, the, by the way, the most loyal Democrats at 90%. The second most loyal are American Jewish people who, in the last vote, 87% voted for Democrats in the Congress and Senate, and they're the second most loyal at 74%. There are three reasons I'd like to submit to you why that is the case. First, liberalism is consistent with the flight from Jewish orthodoxy to reform or liberal Judaism. That's number one. Liberalism is consistent with what has happened to Jewish people as they leave an orthodox, whether that's rabbinic orthodox or biblical orthodox, and flee away from that commitment. Liberalism provides a feel-good comfort. It feels good to say you're for the things liberals say they're for, and Jewish people want to feel good about helping other people. And number three, liberalism is a safeguard to the concern and fear Jewish people have for Christians and Christianity. Those three reasons. Now, look, I'm no expert. I think I know a little bit about this more than a few of you, but I'm no expert. This is just my observation, living the dream, so to speak, and then reading about it, talking to various people. Uh, you might have another reason. I'd be open to hearing it as well. Thus, the majority of American Jews take the liberal view that government and secularism are the means to protect them from religious persecution experienced in other countries. They believe that the government of America and secularism, this staying away from religious fundamentalism, is going to protect them. Now, first point, Jewish flight from orthodoxy. The orthodox biblical view that's held by God, they're to be separate and unique. The biblical uh, idea from the Scripture to the Jewish people is given in Leviticus 19.2. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Separate and unique, not like everybody else. That's the biblical command to the Jewish people. Exodus chapter 20, you shall have no other gods before me. So God in the Bible has said to the Jewish people, I've chosen you, I've separated you, you are not to be like everybody else. But when sin came into the world and God called a unique people, you already know my personality, I'm a stiff-necked and hard-hearted person. That's what the Bible says. So we have God's command, and it's given to a people who are obstinate, who want to go right to the edge of what we're supposed to do, maybe even over the edge. As we think of Jewish flight from orthodoxy, 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 5 says, Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Now, by the way, was God against a king? He wasn't against a king. The prophecies concerning a king were going to happen. But they wanted a king like everybody else. They wanted a king the, the way they wanted and weren't interested God's way. And so as we come to this passage in 1 Samuel, Samuel's older, the people are saying, you know what? Now the text doesn't say it, but we know the way we've had it. All the other nations have it. That We want to be like them. That's what we want. And God gave it to them, by the way. Here's what the chief rabbi in Great Britain, Jonathan Sachs, said 
And I'm quoting directly from him. I ask students what they are. If someone gets up and says, I'm a Catholic, I know they're Catholic. If someone says, I'm a Protestant, I know they're Protestant. But if someone says, I'm a human being, I know they are a Jew. Now that's coming from the chief rabbi of Great Britain. Jewish people are concerned about their own identity. Being different, has a, it's difficult for us to accept. They want to be like all nations. Go back in history. Right out of Egypt, the power of God, we built an idol. Didn't take us long to do that. During the time of the prophets, when we were called back to God, we were building Baals, Baals, and worshiping them. When the time came in Ezra chapter 1 for Cyrus, who was raised up, to go back to the land. There were millions of Jewish people, less than 50,000 said, I want to go back to the temple and worship God and be in Jerusalem. You read it during the intertestamental period, and there were Hellenists, and Hanukkah is what we celebrate. Hellenists were the people who were Jewish who said, you know what, I'll kill the pig on the altar. I'll compromise my faith. And it was the Maccabees that called the people back to where they needed to be. In Germany, in the 1800s, the Reformed Jewish movement was started, a move away from traditional Judaism, a move away from the belief in God and following the laws to writing our own way to do it. Marxists, many Jewish people were Marxists and helped part, start the movement. Communists, post-Zionists, they're Jewish. Many of them are Jewish. Why? From the biblical idea of being unique, to moving away from God and doing it our own way. Today, 16% of Jewish population attends service once a week. That compares to 32% of Americans. 31% of Jewish people say Judaism is important to them. 52% of Americans say their faith is important to them. 47% of Jewish people intermarry. 50% are members of a synagogue, and only 10% consider themselves observant. From a Jewish point of view, we're liberal, very liberal. As a people, we have rejected traditional Judaism. That's a fact. It's not an opinion. Liberalism feels good. You can justify it theologically. And in fact, some Jewish people do that. In other words, they might have rejected the Bible as God's word, but they'll go back to the Bible saying in Isaiah 58, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall uh, draw in, drawn into darkness and your darkness shall be as noonday. Most Jewish people today believe the government, not God, should administrate that kind of help. They believe it's, it's the good thing to do. They'd agree with that statement, but they say the government does it, not God and not his people. They can justify it through Tukhan Olam. That Tukhan Olam is repairing the world. It comes from an orthodox tradition which originally talked about helping God repair the world by doing good deeds from the Bible. They've taken Tukhan Olam, the liberals have, and they use it as a means of repairing the world. S justice, social justice. Liberals believe they are advocates for social justice. That could be justified practically, coming out of the Age of Enlightenment, uh, an intellectual, scientific, cultured, reasonable teaching that came uh, where we reason as human beings, 
And Jewish people were attracted to that kind of thinking. And when they came to this country, many of them in the, in the United States, particularly New York City, universities have become the bastions of liberalism. And especially during, during the 50s, 60s, and 70s when New York had free education, thousands and thousands of Jewish people, first generation, went to those universities and moved away from what they were raised with and unsatisfied with, embarrassed with, and adopted secularism as its, and to take its place. And so that's one of the reasons, is coming right under our own university teaching. It could be justified practically. For when you look at FDR, look, let's be fair. There's some of you whiteheads, I'm a bald head, but some of you whiteheads get your check every month from the United States government. And without it, where do you think you'd be? My mother, my, fa- my father was. My mother-in-law who lives with us every month gets a check. And you could talk about politics all you want, but I want to tell you, my conservative mother-in-law is just as thankful for her check as my liberal mother is. Social Security came through FDR. 90% of Jewish people voted for him. If he was running now, they'd vote for him in a heartbeat. Lyndon Johnson's Great Society, Medicaid, came as a result of his politics. The government jobs, many Jews were turned away from the private sector and were admitted with no problem to government jobs. And this became a positive thing for the Jewish people. The government was their friend. The government would do what so many wouldn't do. And I can tell you stories in my lifetime of Jewish people in America turned down for jobs because they were Jewish. The government wouldn't do that to them. It couldn't do that to them. Teachers, social workers, lawyers got to work for the government when they might not have had an opportunity in another place. Justified politically, it was Harry Truman and the Democrats, if you will, at least his administration that recognized Israel. Social programs came through the Democrats. Unions. My grandmother worked in Cleveland, Ohio in a cigar factory for a dollar a day with no benefits. Nothing. Ah, but there was uprisings. There was unions. And unions came to the rescue. And so many of my own family members who were part of the union were able to live the American dream because of it. We have to admit those kinds of things. And that's been very attractive, even though most Jewish people aren't part of a union now. But they were, and they have a memory of that. The government expanded under the Democrats. There's a sense of loyalty. Jewish people have a sense of loyalty. Let me give you a quote from Zell Miller. Not, a, not Jewish. Uh, a, a conservative Democrat who spoke at the 2004 Republican Convention. It's not Jewish, but here's what he said about being a Democrat. He said, it was like a birthmark. It's hard to get rid of. So here's a person who's more in line with the Republican Party. He speaks at the convention, but he is a Democrat. Jewish people are like that in the sense that they're loyal to what provided for them. Now we think of Jewish people and and their fear of Christians. If you talk to Jewish people today, you'll find all different kinds. There's atheist Jews. No kidding. True. 
humanist Jews. There's even a rabbi of a humanist Jewish congregation. No belief in God, but they like Judaism. Agnostic Jews who aren't sure about God. New Age Jews. Socialist Jews. Communist Jews. Homosexual Jews. It's interesting that they don't agree with each other just about on anything. You got conservative, orthodox, reformed Jews, all different kinds. But when it comes to one thing, they all agree. There's no such thing as a Jewish believer. Of all the people that they get angry at, it's Meshumids, traitors. All these Jewish people who couldn't agree on just about anything can agree on this. And I've heard it time and time again. It doesn't matter about this, that, look, all I know, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're Jewish. You could be anything else. So there is this fear of Jesus, this fear of turning against your people. Two people personify this fear. Two people who couldn't be any more different from a Jewish point of view are exactly the same. Now, Reverend Jerry Falwell's in heaven now. Thank God, a wonderful lover of Israel. But from a Jewish point of view, if you look at the Reverend Jesse Jackson and the Reverend Jerry Falwell, they are both religious. They are both clergy. And they were both involved in politics. And it means no good for us. Liberal, conservative, get religion out of the government. We have trouble with it. And... If you understand history, they have a point. They have a good point. Persecution of the Jewish people in the name of Jesus. The Crusades, giant red crosses, and they weren't giving blood. The Inquisition, pogroms, the Holocaust. The idea of merging nationalism with Christianity. It's been tried, it's been done, and every time it's been done, it's been no good for us. Not all American Jewish people fear Christians or Christianity, however. So it's not exclusive. And I would argue there's a growing population of Jewish people who are becoming conservative. Rabbi Daniel Lappin, who's founder of Toward Tradition, here's what Daniel Lappin said. We can only thrive under conditions of law and order, and we are here to affirm that our allies in returning America to these conditions are Christian conservatives. This is a rabbi, an orthodox rabbi. Interesting that he's orthodox. Dennis Prager, who considers himself conservative. He says, I say this as a committed Jew, a religious Jew, a Jewish writer, lecturer, past college instructor in Jewish history, co-author of a widely read book on anti-Semitism, recipient of the American Jewish Press, Prize for Excellence in Jewish Commentary, instructor in Torah at the American Jewish University, and a man who has fought anti-Semitism all his life. This is Dennis Prager, the radio uh, announcer, says this. What is wrong with a person believing that it would be better if another person adopted their faith? Why is it laudable for a liberal to hope that conservatives convert to liberalism, but dangerous and hate-filled when a Christian hopes that Jews or anyone else will go to heaven in believing in Jesus? Interesting. From a Jewish man. 
Michael Medved, also on the radio, Orthodox Jewish man, the one who wrote that article as we started. Part of the problem with liberalism is that it denies the existence of evil. Medved co-founded Pacific Jewish Center, a synagogue whose mission statement is to reach out to unaffiliated, disconnected Jewish people and bring them back to Orthodox Judaism. He's trying to convert his own people back to Orthodox Judaism. He is himself a returnee to traditional Judaism. Believe it or not, there are American Jewish people for Sarah Palin. Unbelievable. I'm not asking you what you think of Sarah Palin, but I already got the question from my mother. Oh, right in the car, I'd taken her out to breakfast. We are getting in the car, and she said, no, she knows where I'm at. We've argued all that. What do you think of Sarah Palin? And so I, I, I said, Mom, I think she's great. She said, oh, no, I can't. What am I going to do? I said, Mom, you know, when she was the governor of the state of Alaska, she had three flags in her office. She had the Alaskan state flag, she had the United States of American flag, and she had the Israel state's flag, the country of Israel, in her office. There are American Jewish people for Sarah Palin. Go online. Uh, it's an amazing thing to, to see. Here's their mission statement. Jewish Americans for Sarah Palin is an independent group of academic, religious, and political leaders dedicated to promoting consideration. Consider, just look at a record of Governor Sarah Palin's political position in wider American Jewish community. Jewsforsarah.com, if you want to check it out. Now, how do Jewish people respond to something like that? Well, I already told you my mother what she did. Uh, this was taken from a liberal um, uh, website. Sarah Palin, uncouth, unschooled, anti-science, anti-intellectual, a religious fanatic. Oh, those religious fanatic, cross her off if you're Jewish. Religious fanatic, dangerous to the United States. Ask an average American Jew about Palin and you're likely to get a nonverbal response, like my mother. A shiver, a shudder, a roll of the eyes, a guffaw, fear. From such a person. What's the liberal view of conservatives? Unschooled, anti-science, anti-intellectual, religious fanatics. And you know what we ought to say to that? So what? Proverbs 21, verses 1 to 2. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. Look, our call as Christians is not to convert people to conservatism. It's not our call to convert people to our particular party. I am a lover of talk radio. The only advantage of traveling without my wife, it's the only advantage, is I can listen to all the talk radio I want. She hates it, and I love it. But I am telling you this, all the talk and all the intellectual energy that goes into battling the enemy means nothing spiritually. God is in control. Our hearts and minds ought to be, forget about what they believe who the president should be. 
Let's make God known. Let's live before them in a witness that glorifies God, that drives people to jealousy and brings them back. Do you know, I was a liberal before I came to know Christ. And the moment after I received Christ, I was still a liberal. I remember when Jimmy Carter ran. What a joy for me, a born-again Christian. I could not have been happier. This is fantastic. I will cast my first vote as a Christian for a fellow believer. I'm not here to argue whether he's a believer or not, but I don't mind telling you publicly that I don't care if he's a believer. I made the wrong vote. Just because a person is a believer doesn't mean they deserve our vote. We ought to look at the world through the pages of the Bible. Our issues should be biblical, not political. And it's important that we love people. We as conservatives, and I, look, I'm a conservative. I am because of what the Bible teaches. But we ought to love people to life. Our first consideration should not be what do they hold about this issue. And there's no one probably more guilty than I am when I go home. I confront liberals politically, and I'm supposed to try to talk spiritual things, and political things come up. And that's exactly what Jewish people think. They think, oh, you're a Christian, so you, all you care about is making America Christian. That's not what we should be concerned about. I would rather them say, all you think about is talking about the Bible. That's what I'd like them to say. And if they say that about you, you're on the right road. You're on the right road. Well, God does not care about politics. He does care about obedience. He loves Israel. Christians love God. Therefore, Christians ought to love Israel, regardless of politics. His return is to Israel, and we ought to stand with Israel regardless of their politics. By the way, and I'll close with this, right, 78% voted for Obama in America. In Israel, 4% of Israelis are pro-Obama. 86% were pro-Bush, where here in our country, there was about 4% of Jewish people who were for Bush. So, both needy people, spiritually. Politics is important to an extent, but the gospel is more important. If you're interested in any books on this subject, Why Are Jews Liberal? Norman Podhoretz is one of them. There's a couple of other books up there as well. I highly recommend them. I don't think we solved the problem, but hopefully now you have a picture, you have an idea of why it is things are the way they are. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thanks for the word, and we pray that you'd use it in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.